Yes. What's up, everybody? Need a little more Badlands in your life? Just a touch? A little bump to get you through? Yeah, me too. This is the podcast that comes before the new season of the podcast. Welcome to Badlands, the Oscar party. All right, welcome everybody to a very special Badlands bonus episode, a little thing we're calling the Oscar party, but that's really just our excuse to check back in with all of you. We got more Badlands coming soon, a whole new Hollywoodland season, so keep your ear to the ground for that. But today, myself and Zeth Lundy, our Badlands showrunner, we want to dive into some of the best movies of 2022 because the Oscars are this weekend, and some of our favorite movies of the year got the nominations that they deserved. And we just thought it was a good excuse to jump back into the feed here, talk to all you guys, uh, let you know what we're thinking about this move past year movies and the award show that's coming up. Zeth, are you like me, man? Do you get excited for the Oscars every year, or are you just like, whatever? I'm like, whatever. Really? I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm going to hang up, and then we're going to call someone else and do that. <laughs> Oh the oh the Oscars that's what you said yeah, yeah 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 the Oscars <laughs> what about uh is it just like you don't you're not into award shows in general or is there is it just the Oscars in general that you're not into um I guess I'm just not into award shows in general anymore I used to be really into them but I kind of lost interest at some point I remember being really into them in high school the Oscars especially because um I sort of discovered a lot of lip growing up in the boonies I didn't really have access to um, a lot of like, you know, smaller movies. So you would find out about these like critical successes at the Oscars. And that was really fun for me. And then when I went to film school and I became totally insufferable and was like, <laughs> couldn't stand the awards anymore because they were too commercial and uh, whatever. And I don't know, I never really kind of recovered from that. Um, well, it's probably dovetailed nicely with right around the time where award shows just started to suck in general. That's the other thing too. Yeah. They're really, they're really, um, just, uh, I don't know, man, just playing to the, to the, to the safest common denominator. I don't want to say the lowest, but it used to be, um, hate to sound like the old guy in the room with the used to be's, but I remember growing up the, the MTV video music awards were a huge thing. Um, you know, I can't imagine that I was like, you know, there wasn't really Twitter or anything back then. So we wouldn't have been shouting out how we were watching that. Not sure I would have, but I did certainly watch the VMAs every year. I watched the Grammys. I watched the Oscars, you know, up until kind of recently, I, I, I got into the Golden Globes, but everything sort of the Grammys I've been out on for a while. I just, yeah. I just find them to, to, I don't know, man. They, I'm just not into, not into them. I've always, however, been into the Oscars. Um, when they changed the the nominations, uh, when they, when they blew it out a couple years back, it, it definitely affected the way uh, I appreciate them. I guess I appreciate them a little bit less, but I I still get excited for them. That's why we're you, talking. You appreciate them less because there's like more films vying in the categories now. I think so. I think yeah. when you open it up. It's like when a it's like when a major league baseball t league or football league when they, with expansion teams comes um, uh, the the product isn't as good. You know what I mean? It seems like the air the air becomes less rarefied too. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. We live in a world now too where it's just it's it's hard to say anything 
or or do anything controversial without pissing off vast sums of people. This <laughs> outrage culture that we're living in has kind of ruined stuff a little bit. Um, but that said, when was the when was the Will Swift Will Smith slap? That was last year, right? Yeah, that, yeah, it's been a was, year. Yeah, that was the Oscars, right? So I guess yeah. I guess we can't sit here and talk about how the Oscars aren't exciting because that was the most ridiculous thing we've seen in years. This is true at the Oscars or at any award ceremony. Yeah, yeah. any awards. I mean, that beats uh, that that beats the East Coast West Coast beef at the uh, the source. Or was it the source? Awards? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Was was it the Source Awards? It was the Source Awards, or maybe it was the Grammys. I forget where that no, was. No, it was not the Grammys. It wasn't it the was, Grammys, all right. It was a hip-hop magazine. It must have been the Source. I, I'm, right. I, I'm Part of me thinks maybe there was another one, but I don't know. Um, you know, and I've been... It's it's So for those who listen to Badlands that are listening to this, and are like, they're like, what the hell is happening here? Um, you know, I'm the host of Badlands. Zeth is the showrunner, producer, main writer, uh, kind of the brainchild behind it all. And we're on a little hiatus with with Badlands. This setup that we're doing right now, I've got a um, another show called Disgraceland, for those of you who don't know, and we do a bonus episode called The After Party. And on that show, I talk a lot about, uh, I do this segment called What I'm Watching, What I'm Listening To, and What I'm Reading. So I end up inevitably talking about a bunch of movies that I've, that I've watched and seen. Um, most of them, I, get, I guess I, when I was looking at the best picture noms for this Oscars, Zeth, I was actually surprised yeah. at, I've seen almost all of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think I've seen, uh, with the exception of Women Talking and Triangle of Sadness, I think I've seen them all as well. Yeah. And I'm not, um, you know, I, I usually try to see them all before the Oscars and I'm I'm usually cramming. I guess I got to cram because I haven't seen either of those. Um, but my point is, I you know, I've talked about a lot of these movies on my other podcast. Um, so it made sense to jump in here into the movie podcast feed and talk about this. Let's go through, um, I don't know, Zeth, I mean, we, we have a lot in common. We're the types of people who have, I feel like we have so much in common when it comes to taste that we have a shorthand and we don't even really talk about it that much. It's yeah. just like, oh yeah, I'm into that. You're probably into that and vice versa with obvious discrepancies. But, um. You know, one of the movies that I've talked about in the past, the past this year that I was really pumped on was Top Gun Maverick, which I loved. I saw it in the theater twice. Do you go in for this, you know, given your your film school snobbery, do you go in for this sort of big popcorn blockbuster? No, absolutely. I, by the way, I'm a reformed film student, so I like I, I've uh, <laughs> I've come out the other side. And it's all good now. Um, no, Top Gun Maverick was, is incredible. It was probably the best time I had. I mean... This is the first year I think that I went to the movies on a regular basis, you know, following the pandemic and everything. But it was the best time I had at the movies in a very long time. Yeah. Okay. So let's get let's get into it. We've got similar tastes. We're looking at the uh, these are the nominations for Best Picture: Top Gun Maverick, uh, directed by Joseph Kaczynski; Tar, directed by Todd Field; Elvis by Bas Lerman; um, Banshees of Inisherin by Martin McDonough. I am going to jump in here. This list is not all of the best picture noms because I knew there'd be some you hadn't seen. This is all the this is all the ones that I know you guys have seen and liked. That's fine. That's okay, totally cool. cool. That's just totally for, cool. Just for uh, reframing. That's that's our producer Taylor. Everybody, uh, we can keep you in there, Taylor. Taylor, give us the the other ones. Zeth, what are the other ones, Taylor, that that I have not mentioned for best picture? Taylor, take it away. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So this year they're locked in at 10 before it was variable. Now there are always going to be 10. Yeah. Um, and the 10 are 
uh, Avatar, The Way of Water. Mm. Uh, you mentioned Banshees of Venice Sharon. Mm. Uh, Elvis, mm. uh, you mentioned Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Yep. Uh, I believe Zeth mentioned Women Talking, um, uh, The Fablemans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned Tar and Top Gun Maverick. All Quiet on the Western oh, Front yeah. is another big one. I know you saw that and really liked it. Um, and what are we missing here? All right, so so that sounds like 10. I think the only one I've, I haven't heard of, I've seen most of those. The only one I haven't heard of is Women Talking. Zeth, you haven't seen that, right? No, I haven't. You know what it's about? I know that Frances McDormand is in it, and I love her. Okay. All uh, right, well, I'm interested then. That, that's, yeah. that's all I need. <laughs> Frances McDormand, I'm in. Yeah, boom. Um, all right, Top Gun Maverick, uh, you saw it. Tar, you saw it. Yeah, t- yeah, I did. Elvis, you saw it. Yeah. Banshees of Inishirin, yep, you saw, saw that. it. Yep. All Quiet on the Western Front. I did not see that yet, actually. Oh, you're killing me, man. You're killing <laughs> me. All right, let's take a three-hour break and you can go. All right, I'll be right back. Okay, see ya. Because if I'm ranking these, that's at the, that's... It's it's one and two between that and Tar, and I really? cannot, cannot figure out which one oh, I like. Better. All right, now I got to go watch that tonight. Oh, dude, it's so good. I will tell you this: this is uh, I'm gonna throw some heat here early on. It's better than Saving Private Ryan. And all right, all right. I got an argument with uh, uh, a friend of mine a couple weeks ago, who was like, hadn't seen it. He's like, is it good? I think he had some Netflix bias. I was like, yeah, it's great. He's like, is is it better than Saving Private Ryan? Because that's his best war film. I'm like, yeah. It's, Fucking better than Saving Private Ryan. In fact, when I was watching it, I was I was having that feeling because, you know, the the great thing about Saving Private Ryan to me, the greatest thing about it is that opening scene when they're invading Normandy and the the violence and the horror of it at the time was so um, jarring. And I hadn't seen that in a war movie. Like technology and filmmaking hadn't hadn't been elevated to that that point yet, where Spielberg could really make that. And audiences weren't ready for that viciousness and that just that terror um this takes it to a whole other level but it doesn't lose the 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 artistry it's not just like horror like war horror it's it's um it's it's a level of realism that is that makes it even more horrific in some in some some weird way and the score i think it's nominated for for best score as well it should be it's tremendous in fact i directly stole the main motif from that score for the ACDC episode that we just did. Oh, I, I was thinking that no one was going to watch All Quiet on the Western Front. And then I got nominated. And me and both <laughs> were like, eh, maybe, maybe we shouldn't do that. People are going to notice. <laughs> they took it out. But anyways, okay. So, all right. So, you, so give me, give me your 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 top movie of the year then. My top movie of the year. Um, uh, I mean, I don't. I, I've I love Top Gun Maverick for the popcorn. Uh, I, I think it, I think Top Gun Maverick was an incredible technical achievement too. Because I think the thing that really thrilled me about that movie was how um, they filmed so much of that shit in the air on the planes and it felt so real because it was real mm-hmm. and um i hadn't you know it's been a while since there's been a great action movie that kind of you know didn't lose you with some cgi here and there but um 
Right. Uh, I really, I did, I really did love the Banshees of Inisherin. Um, I thought it was fucking great. Fucking um, great. <laughs> um, Tar was Tar was was amazing. Um, Todd Field lives in Maine. Gotta love that guy. Yeah. Um, Team around, and, you guys. You know, picking up coffees together in the morning. Yeah, we're gonna get beer later. Yeah, yeah. Talk about the the Celtics now. Um, and then um, I, I another movie that's not on the not nominated that I that I loved. Um, was the Northman, mm-hmm. um, which is a totally metal uh, movie. It's a Viking revenge movie. I've heard, um, and it's just it's fucking gnarly. But best picture, you think it was snubbed? Um, I mean, see, this is where I don't, I don't think it's a. I mean, what is best picture at the Oscars? Like, what is the like when you think about? I mean, you ask me my favorite movie. You're asking me what like something that I think got snubbed for best picture or what should be best Seeing picture? A bunch of movies in the last year. Yeah, what was the best one? I mean, I don't know how much <laughs> well, I mean, like we can be here, dude. But like the North, the Northman isn't going to appeal to like a wide, so what crowd? You know what I'm saying? So what? It's not like the most popular picture. It's the best picture. You know? Oh, I mean, maybe Tar would be the best picture then. I yeah, think, I think Tar. I think things are done uh, in Tar that um, you're just in the hands of a master in that movie. Yeah, there I would agree. And I would almost put it because of that, I would put it slightly ahead, perhaps, of All Quiet on the Western Front. Because when you watched when I watched Tar, not that I know how to make films, I don't, but just as someone who's watched so many freaking movies in my life, it's like, oh, I can see how the creators got to that point and how they did this and how they did that. He's working with this slate of hand and this um this deafness he's coming at it from a whole other level and he doesn't make that many movies. I'm, I'm surprised mm. that it's as good as it is. It's, it's incredible. It's emotionally, um, uh, the, the point of view is, is so malleable depending on what you think of the world informs, I think what you think of tar and therefore what you think of the director's point of view. There's no, there's no like heavy handed, uh, editorial slant from from him at all. It's just it leaves it wide open in a way. It allows you to keep thinking about it and talking about it and and watching it multiple times. And the acting is just uh, it's it's another level. She's Meryl Streep level in her greatness. And the world they build is like, oh yeah, like just you know, yeah. I want to get cozy with this bougie high end architecture and this like super elite class of society and you know what I mean? Like, and then it all crumbles. It's just spoiler alert, but it's just, it's fascinating. I, I agree with everything you said. And I think that's why there's such a great dialogue around this movie is because I feel like everybody interprets the movie a little bit differently based on where you're coming from. Um, but what, what you said about how, you know, he doesn't make a lot of movies. I, I heard him interviewed recently. I think it was on WTF. But um, he was talking about how he um, he had a number of projects over the last you know decade that he would start and then they just wouldn't happen for some reason, wouldn't happen. And I think he's done a lot of commercial directing to like pay the bills and stuff. He only had the idea for this movie a couple. This hasn't been like brewing for like a decade. He only had the he wrote the script a few years ago, if that. And he didn't know much about the. I mean, he's a pianist. Um, yeah, he's uh, eyes wide shut. He's yeah, the- exactly. Yeah. Um, but he didn't know anything about the classical world. So he had like a crash course in research on the classical world. And um, which to me, 
not that that has to factor into like whether a movie is best picture or not, but it just it gave me a whole new appreciation for the level of artistry on every level in that movie. It's just, it's incredible. Well, when you're not embedded into something and completely nerded up, you can lend this level of, of yeah. activity to the subject that you wouldn't otherwise have. You know what I mean? Agreed. Absolutely. And, you know, I've heard, I've heard a couple, in, I've heard an interview with him and I read an interview with him. I think the interview I read was ironically in the New Yorker, ironic because of the opening scene. And he's very cagey about the significance of the movie, um, what happens to the protagonist slash antagonist, however you want to look at it in the end. Right. Um, he doesn't give much away. And he, he's very, and he kind of, he kind of plays it dumb. Like he kind of plays it like, Ah shucks, you know what I mean? Like, but he doesn't really commit. I haven't heard the Marin thing, but in what I've heard, he's not really committing to a point of view. Yeah, he does the same thing in the Marin interview. Yeah. Which is just so cool. It's so cool to have a piece of content um be nominated like this, be nominated for best picture and to captivate the conversation, to own the conversation, and to not be prescriptive. And what it wants its audience to to feel and think in 2022, that feels kind of rare to me. Would you agree? Absolutely, yeah. I, I, it's a it's there's no other movie like it for sure. Yeah, look, I mean, I might be in the minority of people who appreciate that sort of thing. You know, some people want to be told what to think and how yeah. to think. It's like know? the it's like the ending of The Sopranos. It's like I love you know, that. It's like you know, yeah, I did too. I, I did too. It's like, you know, we're not going to tell you, you know, like. Yeah. And there's so much to interpret there. They built in, he, David Chase built in all these layers into that final scene. And for people to sit there and be like, oh, it wasn't this like Tony didn't go down in a blaze of glory with a machine gun, Tony Montana style in the diner yeah. with his family. And they're disappointed by that. It's like, come on, man. This was never the TV show you were signed up for anyways. You know what I mean? It, that show was never that. Absolutely. hundred percent. Um. Okay, so Top Gun, I loved. You loved Actually, it. Actually, if y'all don't mind me jumping in here with a quick anecdote, tying Todd Field to Top Gun, you mentioned, Jake, that he was in Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. And in, in one of his interviews, I don't know if it's that New Yorker one, he told a story where he was filming a scene with Tom Cruise, and Cruise grabs him by the shoulders, looks him in the eye, points at him, and says, you're going to be a director. Yeah, 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 yeah. I read you that. Know? That was the New Yorker. I did Wild. Wild. Yeah. yeah, he also told a story, I think it was on WTF, about Tom Cruise saving his ass when he... The first movie he made in the bedroom, which is a great movie set in Maine, mm -hmm. um, and Harvey Weinstein was fucking it up, mm -hmm. and he got this incredible advice and guidance from Tom Cruise to help the final cut of the movie not be fucked up. It's a long story, but um, that's a pretty cool tie-in, Taylor. Yeah. What was the advice? Do you remember? It was basically like he was like basically like he wants to change the cut. Uh, he wants to do all these things. It's going to make the movie awful. And Tom Cruise was like, hold on, hold on. Harvey Weinstein wants to change the tut, the cut of Todd Fields' film. Yes. He wants to. Todd Field is pissed off, commiserating with Tom Cruise about it. And Tom Cruise is telling him. Tom Cruise is telling him, let Harvey Weinstein make his changes. Just be like, yep. Oh, you're so smart. That's great. Yep. Absolutely. And then let it go to the festivals. Let it play. Let the audience respond to it and let him see that he is wrong. And let him be the one that decides to change it back. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't don't push him on it. Let him come to that. He will come to that realization or whatever. And he did. Give him enough rope. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, 
Oh, I wish you saw all quiet on the Western Front so we could debate. Oh, sorry, it. man. It was better. Um, go Is it watch better it. than Apocalypse Now, or because that's my that's my go to war movie. I mean, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Period. But when Mine we're talking too, war movies, you know, it's it's so embedded in culture, though. I know. You can't, like every other Anthony Bourdain episode, he referenced. <laughs> it. <laughs> it's also more than a war movie, too. So. It is more than a war movie. It's an adaptation of the Joseph Conrad book. It's, it's, there's, I mean, the documentary mm. about it might be the, the best war movie. <laughs> you know totally. what I mean? Like totally. His wife made it's so good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. It's, this is much more of a straight war movie. You know what I mean? Like, um, like that's why I, I mentioned Saving Private Ryan. Um, okay. So Elvis, uh, I really enjoyed it. We haven't talked about Elvis, you and me. I really enjoyed it in the theater. As time goes by, in the rear view, I like it less and less. I've passed up on just like clicking on it on HBO probably 20 times in the last three months, like as I'm mm. scrolling through. I'm just not interested in it. And I I think it's, I think I just, I, I just, you know, if you told me like, hey, this is the plan for this movie. This is how Baz Luhrmann's going to make this movie. And he's going to go big and fantastical, and he's going to bring in all these modern influences, and it's going to be this massive production, and they're really going to center around the manipulation of the Colonel, the Elvis, and yada, yada. I would be so in on the idea. But in execution, I think it just comes down to, I don't like the way this guy makes movies. This is not my cup of tea. I get why people do love it. It's just not, it doesn't, I don't want to watch it again. You know what I mean? It's just, it's so over the top and so in your face. It doesn't leave any room for me to kind of like try to find my way through the cracks and see what's interesting about it. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. I, I saw it in the theater and I really like, I actually liked it more than I thought I would in the theater. Um, but when I watched it a second time on HBO, the, the length, I really noticed the length. It was way too fucking long. Yeah. And there was some stretches that just, you know, um, there's some things about it that I really enjoy. Um, and, uh, I, I think that Tom Hanks was horribly miscast. Yeah. Um, even in a, even like in an overblown Baz Luhrmann movie, you know, movie, I, I did like it. That said, like, I would love to see, <laughs> I'd love to see someone else take a different shot at that sometime, you know? Yeah. Well, me too. <laughs> Leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> Banshees of Inishirin. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah. This is one of those, the opposite of Elvis. I wasn't interested in it. I only watched it because, well, two reasons. One, it got nominated for Best Picture. I was like, oh, this got nominated? What the hell is this about? I got to check this out. And Colin Farrell is kind of one of those guys for me where I'm interested in anything the guy's in pretty much. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. Um, absolutely loved it. But I can't tell if I liked the movie um, or if I, I just really loved my wife's horrified reaction to it <laughs> she was so upset Zeth I can't even tell you and it kept getting worse like the more the guy upped the ante yeah. the more uh, offended she she was straight up offended by it I almost had to shut it off with like 10 minutes left I was like come on there's only 10 minutes left we've made it this far wow wow my my wife was definitely was like oh shit and he started cutting off body parts but um uh she I, I mean we made it through the end of the movie unscathed I I, the movie is so, it's, it's, um, I'm going to sound like a fucking asshole when I say this, but it's one of those movies that is so complex, yet it's delivered so sim simply. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, I, I, I love that about it. I haven't watched it a second time, but I'm sure if I watched it again, um, it would, I'd find a lot of things that I didn't find the first time, but um, it was just so concisely made, you know? Yeah. Um, the location was simple. The the conflict was simple, um, but it was, everything about it was so, it was just a very, it, it was an extremely unique movie. I, lo- I, I loved it. All right. Who's winning? Banshees, Elvis, Tar, Top Gun, All Quiet on the Western Front. Forget the ones we haven't talked about. Who's winning? You know, Tom Cruise is seen as this like savior of Hollywood right now because he got everybody back to the movies. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's going to happen. But at the same time, Top Gun Maverick isn't the kind of movie that wins Best Picture. You know what I mean? Absolutely right. Um, uh, you know, geez, man, I don't know. I think it might be everything everywhere all at once, which we haven't yeah. talked about that. I love that movie. Um, so I, I, if I was to put money on one, I think I put it on everything everywhere. Yeah. If it's not tar or top gun, I'm going to be upset. I, I, I get it. I'll get it. If all quiet on the Western front doesn't win, I'll understand why. Yeah just too jarring of a film and I can see people being turned off by that. Um, all right. So, you know, dude, I say I like the Oscars, but I like, I should say to be more accurate, <laughs> I like parts of the Oscars because not to upset Todd field who, who famously at the beginning of tar in the first five minutes of the film, thanks all the sort of, what do they call them? The below the line folks. Oh yeah. 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 Um, not not to dismiss their efforts, but I don't care who wins hair and makeup or, you know what I mean? <laughs> I just don't care. Um, I do like it, though, when someone I've never heard of in some category I've never heard of gets up there and gives some, like, banger of a speech, some heartfelt speech, and really owns the moment. That's that's a special thing. That's And that's the one thing I do like about these award shows is, like, the, the, the speeches like that. Yeah, totally. So we've got Taylor did some notes here for us. He did uh, snubbed movies, The Northman, which you mentioned, Babylon, which Taylor, come on, dude, have you seen Babylon? <laughs> I, I haven't, and I know you didn't like it. I just listed it because usually this guy is racking it up at the Academy Awards, and this time apparently the Academy agrees with you. <laughs> God, they should like if they invited him, they should disinvite him. It's that bad. It's so it's so bad, and it was such a bum out because I was so into wanting. I almost went to see it in the theater, and our babysitter fell through, so we ended up watching it at home. And uh, yeah, I never we never do this, but it was so bad. We ended up like like I hate this term, but we were hate watching it. Opened another bottle of wine, <laughs> kind of like partied with the stupidity of it, you know. So was it just like too like over the top for you? I don't think there's such thing as too over the top for me. I've seen Wolf of Wall Street probably 50 times. Okay, so that's how you do. So it is over. The, yeah, exactly. But there's no center to it. There's no like. I mean, I could tell in the end who the who the protagonist was, but like you really don't know. <laughs> I mean, you do, but it's not done in a good way. It's just. Uh, it, it feels like, it, it feels like a very like a um. Not from a story point of view, but from a visual point of view, it feels like the the emphasis was on the editing of it in the cinematography. And I know his background is a cinematographer. Mm-hmm. You can tell. Um, it's just it's just not good. It's not good. And it's you know I love Brad Pitt. I love Margot Robbie. Um, I love a lot of the people in this movie, but it's just it's not good. One of the things it does that really bums me out, really bums me out, is it's set 
in, I don't know, 1929 or something like that, 1921, somewhere. Yeah. And it uses modern day language where people say things like, I mean, he didn't do that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I, yeah. You know, that, nothing, now I'm not saying they needed to go like full period piece with it and like, ah, wow, what are we doing, kids? You know what I mean? But like, like, meet me halfway, you know? It's like, was there even a script or were they just ad libbing shit on, on set? I don't know. Just whatever. Um, I will say, Jake, if you want to redeem that director in your eyes, you got to see his first movie, Whiplash. I think you would love it. It would, it would make a great double feature with Tar, actually. They, they're kind of in conversation. Yes, I've heard that actually, and uh, that's one of those that I'm—I can't believe I haven't seen. Did that win best? Uh, the dude won for it, but he didn't win. The movie didn't win best picture, right? Did it? No, it didn't win best picture. Uh, he almost won with the second one, La La Land, but that was the big dramatic. That before Will Smith, that was the big dramatic Oscars moment. My favorite Chazelle movie is First Man with Ryan Gosling about mm-hmm. going to the moon. That was great. Well, how do they do that? Was that like very really minimal, like like yes. Gosling on on a moon set in Burbank for for two hours, like <laughs> right? That's what I when you say first man, that's what I think the vibe is, right? It, it feels like La La Land had that moment. This guy's clearly talented. La La yeah. Land has that moment, and they just backed up the money truck, and they're like, "Do whatever the fuck you want, man. Here you go, go to town." And he was just like unhinged, and he did whatever he wanted. And it, without without any sort of uh, constructive guidance, so to speak, it ended up being this big mess. Yeah, there was a lot going on in that movie. I'm not really sure how I feel about it. You know, really, you have no, you have no opinion. This is the pl- not the place for no opinions, Seth. I just mean I I liked it, and at the same time, I I I didn't like it. Uh, mm. I I just I think I think you hit the nail on the head there with like Wolf of Wall Street. Like I feel like. I uh it 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 was completely over the top and out of control, but the the maybe like the, the making of it wasn't in control, you know? Right. Um so yeah. So the other one snubbed here that we have on our list here is Barbarian with our, our friend Justin Long. And um oh God, what's the woman's name who's in this Taylor? Georgina Georgina Campbell. She's so good. This movie's incredible. Zeth, have you seen Barbarian? Oh, Barbarian. yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and I went into it knowing nothing. I think I read a review or heard something. They were like, the less you know about this movie, the better, which is completely true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I I think it's one of those horror movies. It's like, even if you don't like horror movies, like this is this is the one for you to watch. Totally. Like, check it out. It's not it's not like, you know, one of those, you know, masochist. It's not, it's not like going over the top to gore you out. There's a real story at the center of it. You don't know what the hell's happening. There's this amazing switch into the second. Oh, yeah. It's super cool. There's a couple of amazing switches in that movie. Like you're led to believe something at first, which switches, and then the POV to it's yeah, it's great. So the surprises are great. Um, I highly recommend, highly recommend Barbarian, not Babylon. All right, we're gonna get out of here. Um <laughs> Zeth's going to go watch All Quiet on the Western Front. I'm going to go chop off some fingers for my wife. <laughs> and I'm picking for my best picture. We'll see who's right. I'm going with Tar. I think that's that's going to win. Although, I think it's going to win. All right. Okay. What, what do we have riding on this? Um, I don't know. I would say 
you'd have to wear an LA Dodgers hat, but you're wearing one inexplicably. I can't figure that out. How did, how did the yeah. guy from Maine end up in an LA Dodgers hat? Hey, dude, it's it's like snowing and miserable outside. I'm just kind of adding a little sunshine to my life in here right now. I see. I see. I like that. I yeah. like that. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, this is uh, Jake Brennan, Zeth Lundy. The show is Badlands. The Oscars are coming up, and Badlands will be back soon. Thank you all for ch- listening and 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 checking out the show and for being here with us. Uh, stoked to get back into the next season of Badlands. It's going to be a Hollywoodland season. We've already got it queued up. Zeth, quick. Give me, give me your three favorite, two favorite, just one, just your favorite unreleased episode of Badlands that we got coming up. Ooh, uh, that's a great question. I'm going to say probably Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. All right. There you have it. Jodie Foster. Heavy, heavy taxi driver, Paul Schrader vibes in that yeah, one. Yeah, big time. Speaking of movies. All right, guys, we're out of here. Thank you so much. Uh, see you around. Later.